What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 284. My name is Steve, one of the co-hosts, and I'm here with... I'm Ron. John. And yet again, you guys got it right. You both got it right. I can probably say that more clearly. And John. <laughs> yeah. First time I was like, John. I don't know. It was too informal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to stumble yeah, out of the gate. <clears throat> so so we're, uh, we're, we're back on a streak. We got two weeks in a row. Look at that. Look at yeah. how you could do it. We're doing it. Just it's gotta just gotta make it happen. Yeah. <clears throat> but um I think I think like coming into this recording, it seems like a lot of the conversation that we've been having uh on our, our text thread is like we've been talking a lot about HBO Max. And I think that like we kind of talked previously that we're gonna talk a little bit more about that today. I mean, it's gonna pop up in some of the bits that we're talking about with news, mm -hmm. but um, Ronald had suggested like kind of going over some of the HBO Max titles that are coming up, you know, since they've kind of been promoting and releasing more little snippet reels of their, um, you know, their big 2021 announcement where there are all these massive titles are coming day and date to theaters and to HBO Max subscribers um, for, a, you know, a predetermined window of time. But, you know, we've experienced the Wonder Woman of it all, which we talked about last time. But we've seen some more clips. We've seen some trailers for their one of their next big movies. Um, so I know we're going to spend a bit of time on the podcast today kind of going over some of those titles, uh, some of the movies that we're most excited about and talking about some of the numbers that they released and just kind of what we feel like HBO Max means right now and maybe what it means in the future. But outside of HBO Max, like has what what else have you guys been doing over the last week news wise? Anything popped up that you want to bring up at the top of the podcast? Uh yeah, I think I wanted to talk about um NBC Universal's acquisition of WWE's content. Uh you know, they're gonna be the exclusive uh place to get WWE content, both archival uh stuff and live entertainment. So, and and for context to this, last year there were talks um, that WrestleMania was going to be a Fox event. That was like a big right. thing. Right. They they're in bed with Fox. They've been dealing with them for a little bit. It was going to be WrestleMania being shown on TV like Super like the Super Bowl. That was the that was the rumor. Um, there were some heavy duty talks, and uh, Vince McMahon yeah. kind of mentioned that he was doing it. Uh, COVID kind of ruined that, and Everybody thought it was, uh, that was it. And then this announcement, Peacock is going to be the exclusive content holder for the WWE content, which means uh, that the network is probably going to disappear, which has a little under a million subscribers. Uh, and it's been years. This this service has been going on for uh, four years, I believe. Um, and that's it. That's only a million subscribers. And that is not very many. So... People have been it's it's a hard sell for people to go from watching content for free to going to pay for it. And especially with, you know, the culture of WWE, you know, it's like USA right. and um, UPN were the, the sources for Raw and SmackDown. Now there's a definitive place to see it and it's going to be packaged into Peacock, which is a, a good service to me. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's most interesting about it, like you know, I'm not, I don't, I didn't belong to the WWE over the top service. Like I, I I'm a few years removed from like my peak of of interest in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. But like, I think the most interesting thing when you hear, you know, NBC Universal, Peacock, and WWE, it's it it's immediately when you think of like this content is king, trying to own properties. Why would Comcast ultimately only lease this content? if they could possibly just buy WWE. Mm -hmm. right. I think that like, you know, you see these megacorps like kind of starting to fold these other content creators into their streaming services or, or whatever their outlet may be. But like immediately when I read that and when you brought this up on our thread, it was like, what would stop them outside of, I guess, Vince McMahon? Cause I guess he's like a majority voting stake, I guess, and owns a lot of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it my hunch is basically that, like, ultimately, I feel like the goal for Comcast to even do this is to eventually buy WWE. Yes, I mean that that seems to be completely logical and very, very possible. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a test run. I think they're going to see how the content, how the subscribership uh, affects um, 
yeah, you know, the content affects the subscribership. And I think once they determine, because, you know, WrestleMania, they, they've announced that two of the, it starts in March, which is crazy. Um, two major events, including WrestleMania, will be on that network, will be on Peacock, as opposed to the, the WWE network. I actually am subscribed to WWE network. I love, it, it's literally all of the pay-per-views since the beginning of time. A lot of the Raw is from the beginning of time. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm peacock through Comcast for free. I'm I'm feeling like this is a good deal. Um, what do you What do you think, John? What do you, what do you think about? Oh, I have almost nothing to say about anything <laughs> related. I, mean, I was just I wanted, take, no, I no, take no, your just, word for it that it's a big deal. I, I the the most surprising thing that I heard in all of that was that there were only a million subscribers to the WWE. Uh, service That's, that seems incredibly low for something that to me seems like it has is it's one of those secret economies isn't it like wrestling is one yeah. of those huge entertainment things that's like you know that yeah uh, less than a million subscribers sounds insanely low for for what my imagining is of the sort of demographic of of people and the numbers they expect to pull with wrestling but am i wrong is that is it more niche no, today no, than, I, it, than i, I, than I yeah. thought yeah I think that what so okay so here's what it is when Steve stopped watching it is when it stopped becoming cool. That's what it is. It's uh, it, wrestling Steve, was you have very that effect cool. on things, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I've been. Told, when yeah. Steve got out, everybody got out. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, this it's not in your imagination. Wrestling was better back then because it was attached to things. There was this brand integration that you would see. You know, like. You know, Edge would fight in WrestleMania, but he would also be on an episode of a show or in a movie or something like that. There was this interconnectivity that existed. Uh, a lot of the storylines were adult, and now they're not so adult. They're actually, since they're uh, a publicly traded company now, they're kind of going for a kidsy thing. So it's a lot of things that have affected the brand of wrestling. Mm -hmm. And some yeah. of it is also the internet. The internet, things get taped um, beforehand. Those things leak. People are like, I don't want to see it. it. I know the results yeah. already because somebody went to that event and they're talking about it online. So live events are kind of what's what, what, where it's at. And hopefully this will be a thing. Yeah, I think it's also like just important to know, like, you know, they only had a million subscribers, but I mean, they managed to survive a lot longer than some other streaming services that have come up. You know, right, they, yes. they kind of started like six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. so they have been around and they were kind of at the forefront of the whole like exclusive over the top service um but when you kind of ideal when you kind of see this idea that you know they can fold it into peacock and i think it's it's on the premium level of peacock so it's the it's the 4.99 service level you know that gets you access yeah. to the whole wwe library but it to note that's half the price of what the WWE network subscription was. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and it kind of helps promote Peacock's, you know, higher tier level where, you know, they've also this whole past like three months, they've been promoting it as that's, this is what you get the office with. This is what you get all this cool office shit with. Yeah. Well, now they're like, oh, you get the office and for a different, you know, segment of entertainment, you have access to the WWE library, which, you know, for $4.99 a month, I mean, if, you're, if you're if, if you're in as a one of those one million, you're 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 not leaving. You're coming yeah. back because it's half the price, and you know it might be a gateway from other people that you know maybe didn't want to pay the ten dollars that can pay five and get everything else that Peacock Premium has. Exactly, also. exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Huh? What else? What else we got? Um, I, other... I wanted to at least mention the the Palm Springs commentary edition that Hulu uh, released, just because I oh, feel yeah. like this is a thing they they've even said they really wanted to bring something of that dvd experience back you know with the, with the sort of bonus materials i mean people have done this yeah. in the past and there have been special events with people doing commentary or podcasts where people are doing commentary and there have been bonus features on streaming things and you know apple uh or you know the when you buy movies there or rent movies there you can get you can get that stuff and amazon has you know special things but there is still something about that commentary track that if you were a dvd fan or a fan of collecting movies that you know you may have actually listened to them and i actually did listen to a lot of commentaries when when that became a thing and i've sort of missed it in a way just the idea of it you know uh and i like the idea that they're trying to kind of bring it back and I, in general i think palm springs is a movie that was that everyone behind it was really excited about and it kind of got 
Like, I think this is a movie that audiences might have really responded to theatrically. And it's a, a shame to me that this movie kind of got, you know, sidelined by this experience. Like, they didn't get to have their red carpet thing. They didn't get to have a big premiere. Um, um, I, I just uh, rewatched the movie today. I didn't watch the commentary edition. I probably will. But I rewatched it again. Uh, and, you know, it was just reminded how much I like this. I, I, I know we've mentioned it on the show. I don't think we talked much about it. But, um, yeah, to me, that feels like it's sort of like an episode of The Twilight Zone meets Game Night um, in terms of I feel like it's rewatchable and funny. It's got great characters. And I think it's cool that they're doing something like that. And I didn't know if you guys had any thought about that whole idea of now that, you know, if you have a movie like that, the people behind it basically are accepting this is going to exist on Hulu now. No one's going to buy yeah. this in any kind of yeah. physical format. How can we, you know, still put in those little bonuses or those little things that uh, add value to a movie? I don't know. It just to me seemed like something slightly new. <clears throat> I think that's incredible, man. Um, I am I'm a I'm a digital user. I use movies anywhere, and um, I'm, pro I'm primarily iTunes guy. And I'll and I'll get stuff on Vudu that that kind of mm -hmm. 4K on one thing, but not 4K on the other. Um, and I can say, man, when Movies Anywhere has started to put extras on, uh, bonus scenes, commentary, things like that. I love it. I mean, yeah. and and with iTunes, you know, you get the whole like almost like a DVD package. You you hit the title and you have like a a DVD menu with extras and things like that. So I think that the this is the natural progression of this stuff, kind of making it the same experience that you would have on a DVD, except in this digital form. And I'm I'm a huge fan of it. I'm, I can't wait to watch it with yeah. the yeah, commentary. And it, and, it, and it feels like a, like you said, John. It's like a natural transition too, just to the idea of you know, the digital existence of things like, you know, like the, the iTunes and, you know, special features that come down with some of those releases, like when you can, when you can purchase, you know, the HD copies of, of films digitally, it's, it's just like a natural progression of, um, another version of how these things can be not things that you're owning, but things that you're accessing as a part of your subscription, but still makes it kind of feel like that next level of immersion you know in terms of like what you can watch in terms of special features making ofs eventually like that's one thing you know i miss from having so much physical media was like i was always about those commentary tracks and the making of special docs that they'd make to go along with these movies which mm -hmm. they don't do as much anymore even if you're buying the physical disc of these films like they don't make them that much in general right yeah. um you know the special features uh for the physical media it was like a marketing thing at first, you know, and I think then it yeah. became something that actually added value. And I think now that we've moved away from physical media, people sort of feel that that stuff was just junk that got added to like market you. But there were certain yeah. discs and certain companies and certain directors, you know, you would figure out who who would go out of their way to produce a quality uh, product like that. Yeah, oh, no, it's it's good stuff. It's really great. I mean, and I still I've, I've actually watched the the commentary track for Palm Springs. And it's, it's great. It definitely is like what you want. If you want to know more about the movie, tons of little behind the scenes stuff, tidbits. And, um, you know, it's cool to see people tweeting about it, you know, people accessing that kind of feature. And even you, yeah. John mentioning it, like it's good that people are aware of it. Um, they should definitely promote that more because yeah. I think that's something that, you know, people that are really into those kind of just behind the curtain stuff. It's just like a way to get that. Um, Especially for a movie like that, yeah. And again, that's probably that's like a movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. So like, it's yeah, definitely, um, it's nice to see that that's included with your subscription. Um, but yeah, um, what else? Um, I mean, oh, can we talk? At yeah, the very yeah. moment when we started this, Cloris Leachman died. Uh, right, like on Hollywood Reporter on the front page. Rest uh, and in that's, peace. Yeah, 94 years old, and what a career. I mean, you know, she was one of those people who had that whole last act of her career getting to play an, an ambiguously extremely old person, but she got to do that for like 20 years. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so she was playing a bit older yeah, yeah, yeah. than she was, and then she ended up playing a bit younger in a way. You know what I mean? She's one of those people who just kept doing it. I don't know when her last role was, but I know at least a few years back, she was probably a regular on a sitcom or something. You know, she was just one of those hardworking people who everyone probably has a project or two that she was in that she made an Im impression, you know? Yeah. All right, rest in peace. Yeah. Jeez. Um, let's see what's next. 
I don't know. Do you want to get into the HBO Max stuff? Are we gonna like? Yeah. Are we gonna get into that and segue into uh, little things for a minute? Or are we gonna talk a little little things and then segue into HBO Max? Maybe little things first, because I was thinking that we yeah. could, say, you know, we could be like, hey, with because that's kind two, of the first one up. If you really are looking at, yes, the, outside the, of the, the like, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about the HBO Max in theaters and on HBO Max kind of marketing campaign. I forget the exact yes. verbiage they're using, but it's like it's in, it's insane to see the sort of movies that are that are included in that yeah. idea when you realize that they're going to be something you can watch at home right away. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. But as of the day this episode comes out, there is a new one out that is a, a big you know theatrical release as well as an HBO Max release. And that would be The Little Things starring Denzel mm -hmm. Washington and... Uh, who else is in this? Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Malek. And, and Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yes. Uh, Natalie Morales Natalie has like a smaller role. Yes. Uh, in did you guys movie. both watch it? I did. Did you manage to watch it, Steve? I have not oh, watched it. Right. now. So try to try to refrain. From oh yeah, I, okay. I I don't think I would say anything particularly spoilery anyway, since it's brand new and we're really mm -hmm. kind of talking about it as a as a. This is like a. It's like one of those professional reviews. We're just going to offer some thoughts, useful yeah. opinions. We don't have to dissect it. Um, what did you think overall of the little things, Ronald? Um, I honestly, I I like detective stories. I like you know murder mysteries, and I think that this was kind of a paint by numbers movie. But the the here's the issue: paint by numbers movie, but it had incredible actors in it. So you have this like kind of a CSI. Um, sort of, uh, my, my mom used to watch a bunch of PBS, uh, murder mysteries, kind of <laughs> like that, but heightened because you have these incredible actors in Rami Malek and Denzel and Jared Leto doing a, doing a thing that I kind of wish he did as the Joker in Suicide Squad. He has this like tick to him and kind of talking on an offbeat that is so cool. And once once they <laughs> capture him in this space to kind of be who he is, he opens in a way that I just I just really enjoyed. Now, was this a perfect movie? Absolutely not. But mm -hmm. I thought it was a fun movie. And especially since I'm getting this in the comfort of my own home. I, yeah. I feel like so much more it feels so much more gratifying to be able to get this level of performance in Jared Leto uh Denzel and and Rami Malek in this movie, and to come from my own home, I would absolutely suggest this for anybody that likes murder mysteries. It's flawed as hell, though. But yeah, well, I, I mean, think. when you said kind of paint by numbers, I, I I don't know. It's like I guess that's close to what. Like I I feel like it's kind of one note in a strange mm. way and kind of drab and like it's kind of, it kind of drags out a bit but I do know what you mean about the compelling nature of this type of movie when they have yeah. good actors in it but it just kept making me think of much better movies I hate to say that but like I kept thinking of like prisoners and things like that that okay. have not too different of a vibe from this but like this felt like I don't know I really think I, I come down to believing it was the dialogue that let the actors down in a way that it mm. that when you say paint by numbers there is a kind of I don't know. Like I just didn't buy some of the like some of the cop dialogue and then all the relationship stuff. That just felt like there were scenes where, uh, you know, I just wouldn't buy. I like the acting would be good and the filmmaking would be good. And there's even some interesting ways this is shot. There's a lot of nighttime driving scenes yeah. and there's some some really interesting things that that have something going for it cinematically and have like a, there's a tonal thing going on with this movie that is one of those, it's an ambiguous thing. It's all about like, how far will you go to to solve a crime? How far would you go to punish someone you thought committed a crime? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It just, it you know, it. I will say it did not connect with me ultimately. Like overall, I felt like the elements that I enjoyed were overwhelmed by checking my watch a, a few too many times mm. for me to give this movie a, a passing grade in a sense. But I, I do think that what you're saying about if you like this type of movie or this type of story, there is yeah. a lot of, you know, just even scenes the way they're shot, like following someone, watching someone, spying on someone. Like those moments to me felt interesting cinematically and and uh, the actors carried some of those moments. And I do agree that when you get some time with Jared Leto's character, um, his off kilter aspect is a big source of tension. Again, not too different from the way that um, I'm spacing on his name uh, in Prisoners, who plays the... The guy that they capture, 
Oh, Paul Dano. Yeah, like you know the way he plays like offbeat characters. I feel like Jared yeah. Leto is kind of doing a Paul Dano, not quite, not quite that socially awkward of a character, but a similar sort of who is this guy? He's out of step with everyone around him, and that makes it very easy to believe. Okay, this guy has done some really awful stuff. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's definitely watchable, but I I feel I feel ultimately like it kind of let me down on some level. I was I was sort of bored with it by the time it was over. Yeah, it's a it's a whole two hours. It's two hours and eight minutes or something like that. Like it's 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 two hours. You feel mm -hmm. the two hours, and and I kind of wish it could have been about an hour and a half. Um, trying to kind of get into the point, you know, they really do. When somebody's like camping out, they camp out. Yeah. Like it's like a scene. It's a mm -hmm. whole scene, which feels very like. Uh, it could have served better as maybe a mini series, a three part mini series. Or yeah, something it almost like either, either needed more or less or something. I think you're right. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. But, but but I also think that where it ends up is some of the most interesting stuff is it's in the so last so. part of the movie. You know, yeah, third and that act can make you feel pretty good about the very end of something is when it actually solidly ends, like, and you realize what the point of what you were watching was. I do think yeah. it it does a good job of that. The last moments are are interesting. So, I liked it, man. I liked it. I almost but, liked it. Yeah. So it, it's it. It's a little long, but I I definitely enjoyed it. I I'm, I'm seeing that the the critic scores out of here are kind of rough on it, you know, and I don't know if it deserves kind of what it, it it's getting, especially with some. I'm not going to throw in any, you know, how I feel about a couple net uh, a couple of streaming services. I'll say that I've seen way worse movies with higher scores, cinema scores, and I feel like they're kind of beating this up. Because it's not from some of the other streaming services. That's all I'll say. Hmm. There's a bias that seems to be in some of these critiques. Oh, man. interesting. You think people are coming yeah. out for HBO oh, Max? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Yeah, man. Like, I think I think it would serve people to... to and it would serve people to say great things about movies on other services. Now, we can agree. Like, Queen's Gambit, perfect. There are some perfect things that are coming out from other services. But there's some like mid coming in there too. Other services. Other services. You mean yeah. Netflix. Yeah, you've mentioned yeah. Queen's Gambit. Like, oh, but other services. <laughs> you showed your Hulu, you showed Hulu your too. You showed your hand. Yeah. Hulu too. But Hulu you know what too? I'm saying? Like But Hulu's Hulu been too? getting a little bit of headway. Like, you know, run earlier this year and Palm Springs earlier this year. Hulu's had a few originals that are like, you know, yeah. again, I would put them in my solid list of the year which we we have not done maybe we'll just rattle off our top tens next week in the first five minutes and yeah, get, yeah know, just to do get it. it out of the way yeah <laughs> it's way more difficult There's, this year i'm having an identity crisis yeah, as no what, it's a different what is, list what qualifies am i going by oscar rules or am i just going by did it come out in 2020 yes because you we have the extended film? window now so i'm like uh, right. movies that i'm watching now could qualify you know, this is so. changing into this is changing into that thing where like um, there was a period I kind of talked about this when I when I was able to get on stage and do stand up where there used to be a time where all of us would kind of generally know the the songs that were out. Yeah, they would kind of know the movies that were out. Once streaming services came out for Internet, mm. I mean, for I mean, for music, things changed. Yeah, they were wildly different. Like, sure, you could you could like like, you know, grunge bands or something like that in portland or something you could like stuff like that back in the day but now it's you could be listening to something in germany like i like a german jazz singer and it's getting so strange yeah, you don't and, ever have to listen to music that you haven't chosen for yourself exactly and that you and haven't de designated as a type of music or a band that you like yes as opposed to like just being ex i mean you can you there are ways to expose yeah, yourself to something can. similar to like top 40 radio when i was growing up yeah but you can also just opt out of being exposed to anything you haven't chosen and i do think that's an interesting thing because it means you can kind of find that subculture that you're looking for but yeah. It also means you're not kind of forced, like administered forcibly to to accept certain pop music like I was yes. growing up. And like I think off, uh, you know, often leads to a broader palette. Like I, it's one of the reasons why I can like just about any kind of music, I think, is because I didn't have, you know, I couldn't choose. It yeah. was just yeah. the yeah. radio. And because of that, rock. Yeah. And because of that, I'm really paying attention to people's lists now. Before I'd be like, they're going <laughs> to. Oh, the yeah. Same... When people suggest something for you. Yeah. Yes. You're like the now. same 10 movies. You're going to say the same 10 movies. Now yeah. it's like, oh, my God. Like, what the. Uh, you know, uh, 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 um, a Middle Eastern micro budget film that's. It's it's insane now. So yeah. our lists are going to be so interesting now. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Well, we'll see. That's all. Next time, maybe. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. 
we'll spend a segment on it. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything we haven't mentioned yet, talk about it a little bit. But I, my big fear was since we <clears throat> talked about some stuff earlier in the year, and then we did like a best of the year so far thing in the fall. I feel like I'd be talking about Dave for the third time if we yeah. did our best of the year thing. So, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so now we have kind of a yeah. A let's weird, do a little. A yeah, little we have overview. a weird snapshot of you know the first two releases from HBO Max, man. There is an interesting calendar uh, schedule of craziness coming out on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. And I think we should take a look ahead and kind of name some movies that we're really eyeing this year. Steve, why don't you pick one since you are, you know, you didn't get to talk about little things. You were shut uh, out. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I mean, there's there's actually quite a bit. I was going to make a comment real quick that like a lot of what, I would say, like, your concern with, like, the bias towards HBO Max, I feel like that's a little inherited because a lot of the movies that Warner Brothers is putting out or producing in in a lot of ways are more, like, blockbuster movies. So, like, I don't know that they always have great critic scores. I don't know that that, that's necessarily the case with Little Things. But, you know, with the calendar that we're talking about that we're looking at together, like, (laughs) there's a lot of, like, bigger movies on there that may not, in the end, even if they were in theaters, like, had good (laughs) Rotten Tomato scores. So I think yeah, that's yeah. it's a little bit different just because of the studio itself. That said, that's a good point. You know, I think that you know Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah that comes out. It's like their February release. That's probably the first one. I mean, it comes out next month, but that's the one that seems to be one that is going to have an amazing Rotten Tomato score. Um, for those concerned about that bias, <coughs> Ronald, but um, <laughs> because that that's a real Oscar player, and that's a you know the reviews yeah. on that have been amazing. The trailers have been amazing. That movie just looks phenomenal, and you know to see you know filmmakers, actors, like people that have seen this movie, you, you can you you kind of tell if you follow Twitter accounts, you know, of your favorite directors, actors, whatever. This time of year. There's lots of love going around, um, you know, for awards consideration, you know, for your consideration stuff, you know, so Mm. to to see people posting about movies that they're not in or have anything to do with and, you know, filmmakers that you really love, you kind of get excited even more about those things. And, you know, to see people posting things about, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah, like Ryan Johnson and like, you know, Olivia Wilde, like filmmakers that have just been raving about it, um, it makes me even more excited to see the movie. Um, I love everybody in it. Um, apparently it's like a, you know, the filmmaking is just amazing. And I think that's like looking, you know, at the first quarter, even second quarter, like that's the one that is like the real, probably the high quality, you know, not just awards prestige kind of movie. Um, but you know, non genre, like this is like a legit fucking movie that's coming into a theater and to your house on the same day. Yeah, and that's I I'm think, that's at February. The seams, yeah, that's February twelfth. So it's only a couple weeks away. But I mean, yeah, that's going to be a big one, I think. And uh, you know, yeah, I can't wait to see that. So that's that's probably the Same. first one. It's the it's the next one. But uh, looking across the first like you know a couple months, it, it's the one that I probably am most excited to see. Can I suggest a companion piece for that for sure. anybody that's interested in that? Um, a couple years ago. Um, when we went to the Maryland Film Festival, they aired a documentary called The Black Panther's Vanguard of the Revolution. Yes. Uh, Stanley Nelson Jr. And I'm pretty sure John and I were in the theater. Did we, yeah, were I we think we theater? were. We might have been at the same screening. I know I was yeah. at one that had a QA. and a Yes, that was like, it was heavy because it was like fresh off of um, everything that happened in Baltimore with the uprising. And it was a crazy Q&A. It was really good. Um Stanley was a little tense, but it was it was a very good documentary. It is incredible. It's like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, Black Panthers, Vanguard of the Revolution. It's a very good look at the Black Panthers and everything that happened. Well, I hate to um, say that after seeing that movie, one of my first thoughts was, boy, this would make a great movie. Or that documentary, right. I should yeah. say. Yeah. I thought it'd make a great movie. Or like someone should make a really, like you could make a great HBO like series out of all the stuff that was going on politically and within the group. And, you know, and again, this movie looks like it's doing that kind of epic treatment of the story, which, you know, you don't need that Hollywoodization of things necessarily. But when something is this powerful of a story and this important of a story, it's kind of cool to see it treated with, I don't yeah. know, with a budget and with some seriousness and like a historical epic, you know, I don't know. I love that. So, yeah. I'm always excited. Those ty- those types of movies when they hit can be so incredible. <clears throat> yeah. 
1995's Panther was one, but it it didn't hit hard. I, I yeah. So this one looks incredible. So I can't wait. Ronald got a pick. Oh yes. Uh, okay. So my next pick is it's, it's a corny one, man. But uh, Mortal Kombat. Look, we <laughs> video game movies typically really are kind of questionable, and this one seems like. At the very least, they're trying to make it as close to the story of Mortal Kombat, which is a cool thing about a bunch of warriors that go to an island to fight. This will have fatalities in this one. There will be death. There will be blood. It is rated R. Um, they are going to have the original characters, Sonya Blade, Scorpion. You, you think know. someone's going to say, get over here? Yes. Absolutely. I think so. I absolutely think so. It'll, it'll, be, be it'll be in the next trailer, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. So. Or maybe that'll trailer. be the tagline. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So Mortal Kombat, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that looks really good. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, John, I, I got, got to. I'm gonna say. Let me make sure I'm getting everything right about this. Well, you know, date TBD on this one. But Tyler Sheridan's new movie, Those Who Wish Me Dead, uh, just sounds like a Tyler Sheridan movie. So I'm all in on that. Even though you know, I d it's like there's not much out there about this movie. But the but the basic story. According to IMDb, is a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Sounds insane. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, it's got elements of things that I love this sort of person versus nature, person like, you know, man, man versus man against the backdrop of nature. I don't know. It, you know, it's got elements of like the gray or yeah. even other Tyler Sheridan yeah. uh, movies that have sort of someone, the landscape of, of where the story takes place is, is a part of the story and that cast sounds incredible nicholas holt yeah. angelina jolie uh john barenthal so yeah i'm all in on this just Ta from the taylor Sh sheridan taylor sheridan uh, it's his friends say to call him ty tyler they just leave out the a oh got it out yeah. there who know how to read uh so no taylor sheridan that was a test steve when you yeah. passed yeah i love that guy <laughs> I, i'm all yeah. about that one too man i love, I love everything yeah. he's done have HBO. they released much footage from it? I mean, is is it no? It's just is it just like okay? Because when I click, they on had the, the word logo, button, right? But it 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 takes you to the general HBO Max. Things are coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, montage, not the uh, trailer. But anyway, TBD. So I guess it'll be like maybe first half of the year, maybe in the summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've loved all those uh, Tay Tai movies. <laughs> I think the fact that they had the logo on the front of the HBO announcements means that they they think it's something special, right. regardless of you know the footage that they've shown yeah so yeah um man there's a, there's a lot on this list that i'm i'm Same. i'm all about i'm gonna be honest me with too. you um so i'm just gonna cover this because i feel like you guys will cover me otherwise but i'm just kind of going down this list the next one i'm seeing <laughs> the uh is the, the new conjuring movie which i, I mm -hmm. wouldn't you know be lying if i said i wasn't like super excited for and um you know Diminishing returns maybe as the franchise goes along, but I will say the first two I really like. The first one I love, one of the best horror movies I've seen in a long time. Um, and anything that kind of keeps the story going, I love uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga together as the Warrens, and um, you know, any like the, the 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 subtitle of what is it? The Devil Made Me Do It, or or the surtitle, whatever that second title, whatever you yeah. call that. Um, I just yeah. I love I love that idea of just kind of keeping this going with a different case from their files, um, and what was, it, what was um the what is it, I'm looking at his log lines like the it's it's a, one of the cases like the the first time in U.S. history that a murder suspect would c claim demonic possession as as its defense during this case. So I mean that that kind of thing like the the framing it of being like a real case. You know I like how these are all kind of based on some version of their real case logs. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's cool. that's probably on my list. That comes out uh, as of now, June fourth. Um, one of the things I, I would say they they do seem to be moving these dates around a lot. So I don't know how. Yeah, they do. I don't know how strong these dates are because like Godzilla vs Kong moved up like two or three months and then it moved back a week. You know, but <laughs> the, these movies, some of these movies that have been delayed that have been in the can already, like they have that. I guess they had that flexibility. You know, just to kind of like see how things are doing as titles come out, so they can kind of. 
you know, kind of keep this like every every three weeks, every month going to kind of keep people subscribed, yeah. like we talked about last week. Um, but yeah, Conjuring Devil made me do it. Cool, Ronald. Okay, so <laughs> they doubted him. Yeah, <laughs> they doubted him. Shouldn't have done that. They didn't want to see him win, and then he won with disease hanging on the heads of athletes we're talking about lbj lebron james my cousin in my head uh one of the one of the greatest basketball players of all time came to la won a championship and he appeared in a couple movies it wasn't so bad train wreck it was pretty good and uh small foot um he played uh, uh one of the bigger characters in the movie and he has some comedic chops so when i heard the announcement that LeBron James is going to be in Space Jam. I thought the first thing I thought was, man, he's going to be better than Michael Jordan. First thing I thought. The <laughs> second thing I thought, was, I mean, oh no offense God. to Michael Jordan's legacy, but isn't oh, LeBron yeah, James yeah. already better than Michael Jordan <laughs> just by virtue of the fact that he's I mean, Michael Jordan's acting is it's charming in that movie, but it's not, you know, I don't know. It's uh Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's the bar, then yes, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. So that that movie and they keep showing these crazy clips of it, like five second clips that look really cool. Yeah, um, I'm rooting for the the guy that plays the new voice, uh, mm. the voice of Bugs Bunny, uh, Asian American dude, looks incredible. Um, the stills that I keep seeing, I don't like the New Jerseys, but but Space Jam, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and that comes out in, if I'm not mistaken, July. Are they going for yeah. like a 2D Roger Rabbit original Space Jam kind of feel for the animation or is it more computer generated looking? It looks yeah, it looks like it, that. So. It looks like kind of the old school, obviously a little sharper 4K quality, but yeah, it looks like some of the hand drawn stuff like back in the day like the the stills have kind of looked like that. So cool. it looks exciting, man. No, I'm up in uh, you know, it seems like you know a movie like that's going to have some cool sequences in it and it's going to yeah. look great or they wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? They, they, yeah. If so, in that sense, I think it's going to be fun and I bet it'll have a lot of little cameos and funny bits. And Absolutely. Yes. Even a non-basketball fan such as myself can look forward to the prospect <laughs> of what's it called? Still jamming? Space Jam, a new legacy. A new legacy. <laughs> Ooh, they might be taking themselves seriously. Let's watch out. Um, you know, uh, the movie that I want to say is, I, we're just going down the list. This is really funny. Um, Suicide Squad. Uh, come on. James Gunn doing, like, underdog yes. superheroes. I'm in. Like, done. Done. Yeah. But it also, he's he's bringing in all these, like, C and D list characters that are real comic book characters, but that sound nuts, like Polka Dot Man and shit like that. And he did it. I think one of the deals he made, he hasn't explicitly said this one thing, but it kind of is implied, is that one of his conditions for doing this was that he got to kind of play around with characters that they didn't have plans for. So he gets to do things that they wouldn't normally do, such as possibly kill everybody which i don't think he's gonna kill harley quinn i don't think i would be surprised if idris elba's character dies just because getting him into the dc fold seems like something they might like to do mm. i would not be surprised to see rick flag joel kinnaman's like stiff of a character from the first movie i wouldn't be surprised to see him go um i don't know i just think that there is all the opportunity for james gunn to kind of take what people liked about the first suicide squad which was some of the attitude and some of just the you know the, the idea that it was going to be dc's answer to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and I just who better to fulfill that promise than the guy who did that movie but you know it just looks like a different thing I mean honestly every bit of footage I've seen everything I've heard about it I'm like am I this excited about a DC movie you know and I am I, it seems like it could be an incredible blast um, and the way everyone talks about it makes it sound insane like the violence and the humor and everything is going to be off the chain the cast is incredible I don't know is there a reason to withhold excitement uh, at this point for, for Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad? What's it called? It's called the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, yes. the Suicide Squad. Yes. I don't think so. It it does look really promising. I haven't heard any like, you know. Sometimes you'll hear bad things about production and things like that. Like I've heard nothing about. Or it'll this be movie. clear that the studio is like tinkering or something. But it feels like he's turning in his version, and you know, and plus there's a vote of confidence. John Cena's character, Peacemaker, uh, is getting an HBO series, and that looks like it might take in. Mm -hmm. 
other characters from the movie and we don't know yet how how much that will deepen it but james gunn is like at least i think writing and directing some of those yeah, too so i is, mean that's yeah, a pretty major really. hbo max project and for him to yeah. get that opportunity um and that's this is all in between like this is all something he's he's got time for before he gets to work on guardians of the galaxy 3 which i suppose that's the ultimate punchline to that story and always will be to me yeah. is that marvel fired him freed him up for dc to use him and then uh marvel hired him back so you know it's such a it's like how did he work that out i don't know the the fate smiled on james gunn but if it means we get two movies where we might have gotten one then then heck yeah <clears throat> yeah the, the, there's only one thing about it that bothers me so apparently when james gunn when the word got out that james gunn was doing the suicide squad uh will smith who said he wasn't going to do another uh, movie said i want to do it and then idris alba's character became another character so like right blood sports character is who he was gonna replace will it's so weird man but i'm good with it i'm good with it that there's two characters now but, so but, hopefully is will, but will smith is is not in this right he's not in it from right. what i understand no but right. he could come back okay right okay. they did okay. not recast his character they, they did not a new guy yes yeah. and and made him a different character okay. blood sport so that'll be interesting. But you're right. That's almost like a pl that's almost like keeping in flux the idea that he could come back. I didn't even think about that so much. But yeah, um, yeah. So, but also I'm sure. excited to see Idris Elba get to play something. You know, he's great when he's got something kind of funny and offbeat to do. And I really just feel like. I don't know. I, this feels like the kind of project where the actors involved would be like, this is an interesting. James Gunn is doing this. Okay, you know, everything about it feels like yes. Let's just let's just cross our fingers and hope that this magic works you know because it is kind of a another blank check project for him where he's mm. he's getting you know basically a lot of confidence placed in his ability to, to combine all those elements yeah yeah can't wait uh my last pick is gonna be i guess i'll go with dune um mm. and I'll, I'll be honest like i'm not super versed in dune i i i'm not like a super fan like a lot of the people who are excited for this uh, to come out are um i'm a, i am a denis villeneuve super fan and i yeah. am dying to see anything and everything this man makes um yeah. the the trailer was gorgeous the cast is just i mean out of this world amazing and I you want to say it's a great cast but they just drew a circle around everybody and put them in this movie so right they, like... they took the circle that's on the poster and they just put all of them in it um but yeah i mean like literally this is like a testament to just the amount of talent that is just you know trying to be in one of his films i think I, he is one of the filmmakers uh, we talk about a lot on this podcast and i mean with just cause because he just continues to put out amazing films and you know i think you you literally look down this list of of who is on the imdb sheet or wiki sheet whatever and you know if you pick two of the 12 and you put them in a movie and you're like damn that's a good cast and there's like 12 of them in this movie. You know, like everybody's in this movie. Um, Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, uh, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem. I mean, and more. I mean, it's just kind wow. of wild. The scope of the movie seems massive. What they have planned for this as a franchise seems massive. Hopefully it does well. This is one of the ones where it's kind of like, you know, I hope, I hope that, you know, if this sticks, this is later in the year. Um, you know, if they keep doing this thing, you know, and they don't change course in terms of releasing a day and date, you know, this is kind of one of the ones if theaters are normal again, I would love to see in a theater if it's possible. Um, mm -hmm. but it, it just looks like, looks amazing. And I, he's one of my favorite filmmakers working today. So, you know, anything that he would be putting out would be on, you know, definitely my, the top of my must see list for the year. So yeah, Dune comes out October 1st, uh, as of now in theaters and on HBO Max. Yeah, incredible looking movie. And and just him going at the effort of like saying he's going to make Star Wars for adults, which is I think what he said somewhere. He I don't know, just yeah. him knowing knowing his movies, knowing the production value they're going to put into this, seeing that cast, hearing that idea. I you know, I love the idea of this movie being um like the start of something new if it if it's intended to be like two or three movies and they didn't tell the complete story in this one which was sort of what i gleaned um uh you know i think he, i know villeneuve was worried that the 
being at being at home and at the theater and like whatever tepid box office might be expected from a year like this that that would be the thing that would kill the chance of this becoming a franchise but i would imagine that warners is going to factor in all kinds of all kinds of extra considerations when they determine what's success this year and i feel like dune has a lot of uh visibility just people are excited about this because because of all the love for the property but even like you said people like us who are sort of like aware of it but not necessarily well versed in it it's cool still to think you might see a really good version of something uh, that is Mm. a classic story to a lot of people so yeah absolutely cool is it my turn yeah it's your last your last peak (sighs) man i'm i'm picking between two and i think i think i'm just gonna go for it good matrix go Matrix. Matrix. I cannot wait for Matrix. Although um, some of the cast members aren't coming back, Yaya Mateen is uh, taking the place of Lawrence Fishburne, possibly, is what I've been hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, But Keanu Reeves kicking ass, and especially with the scope of kind of what Keanu Reeves represents to the culture now. Right. Versus what he did before, which was great. I mean, uh, Neo, people say things are <clears throat> things are a glitch in the Matrix all the time, right? right? That's like regular speak. But the context now of what Keanu Reeves represents to us culturally is so much different. And this will have like an extra layer of, of yeah. like, you know, sort of nostalgia. And you're like, oh, that was the same guy that was John Wick? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's going to be pretty cool. So... Um, no idea what the plot is. Nobody no, I think that's the it. coolest thing. Is just you know they have There's an no idea. You know what I mean? You know there has to be yeah. an idea to this thing, and that's cool yeah. that it can be high concept. So, yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you think they're going to push effects forward again, or do you think you just can't do that again? I would, I would love that, man. Because I mean, you hear about little things like the thing that they're going to do with Avatar, like 3D without glasses and things like that. I, I, look. Every time that people say that nothing's moving forward in, in technology and things like that, something happens like that that cha- that shifts the way that we think about looking at things, accepting realities and stuff like Stories are being told in different ways now. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be pretty cool. All right. Looking at the rest of the year, um, <clears throat> there's a movie that... I mean, I really want to say this one, even though I know I don't know much about it, but I'm sort of intrigued at the notion of James Wan directing uh, an original IP uh, thriller, uh, Malignant. Don't know anything about it. Date TBD. Just kind of <laughs> vaguely interested in it. Um, but I sort of trust that he would not do something like this if he didn't have an angle. I know he's kind of a controversial director. I know a lot of people that just hate his movies and his style you know like they think mm. he's over stylized but what you were saying about the conjuring films like the, one of the marks against conjuring 3 to me is is that it's not directed by james wan i'm still interested in those characters and what they might do with it um but i guess the this is sort of like the the other side of the coin with being excited about the next conjuring movie is being excited about the next james wan movie and i like the idea yep. maybe he's doing a small thing between two giant things i'm sure he has a something immense that he signed on for after like Aquaman or maybe he's doing Aquaman 2 or you know he's in that realm now of doing those those size that size of movie so I'm glad to see him doing something that seems like a relatively small movie it being a, a, a thriller with a, a non you know uh, like name brand cast so to speak it looks looks maybe like a a um, <clears throat> I don't know something something just a little bit more personal so I'm, I'm intrigued by that I mean, you you look at him and, you know, uh, between him and honestly, like Lee Wanell, we talked about a lot on the podcast, both of them, really. But you look at what James Wan has done, you know, in terms of his ability to create franchises, you know, in the horror genre. And, uh, you know, the Saw, you you, you say one one person slash Lee Wanell's hand in this, um, you know, you have Saw, you have The Conjuring, you have Insidious, and you say... Uh, he's had a new original idea for another like horror thriller type thing. And you're like, yeah, I want to see that. Cause that could be something right. really exciting, really different. Like you say, maybe something more personal, maybe something a little smaller uh, than the scope of those movies. But uh, you know, I get some of the criticism. I'm, I'm definitely on the other side of that. He's one of one of one of the ones that I'll watch whatever he makes. Um, definitely more stylized, a little more mainstream filmmaker, but um, 
just real yeah. slick, you know. Yeah, when, yeah he's yeah. super, super slick. Like, but when you know, when he's kind of dipping into these bigger properties, like you said, like with Aquaman, and I'm sure he's doing the sequel to that. Um, you know, he's a producer a on Fast Mortal Kombat. You know, he did Fast and the Furious. Um, he's definitely all around, and he's doing big, big movies. So, like, this is a, you know, for him to pick this as the next one that he's doing as a director. You know, I also take that as a sign of like, eh, th- that's interesting to me. I definitely want to definitely want to check that out. And, and I like the idea, like you said, it's a little w- little ways off, but it's the same thing. Like there's really little to nothing known about the movie, like of what it actually is about. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. Maybe the best time about. to be excited about a movie is when you don't know <laughs> shit about it. hundred <laughs> percent. That is man. good. But that's a great slate. That's one studio. I mean, obviously, yes. that's the big studio that has announced that you're, you're going to be watching stuff at home. I, I really yeah. will be interested to see what happens with the like the Marvel movie schedule this year and some of these other studios that have staked yeah. out those dates. Um, I don't know. I wonder if it seems a little premature to expect much out of that. But I feel like Marvel has so much stuff kind of backed up that they have an attitude of trying to get stuff on the calendar just to, just to move Marvel forward. forward. Yeah. I don't know if Marvel can take another year off on holding back these movies, but I feel like, I don't know, in a weird way, HBO Max kind of stole the thunder of the announcement of doing this all at home, you know, because they're still going to get the theatrical, whatever gross comes from that. I don't know. I'll be interested to like mid year on, it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out. I think for the next few months, we can expect similar numbers to what we've seen thus far with regards to like, you know, those box office receipts won't be huge, but summer, if people are getting the vaccine and people are starting to go back out and numbers of, you know, infections start to go down, I, you know, maybe some of these movies will be blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, the standouts, I guess, that we could pick, you know, over the the next year. And again, like, I don't know, I keep mentioning this because it's just one of the most interesting things that I want to follow with what they're going to do, because, um, you know, as like you said, John, as the year goes on and if the world gets better and, you know, life gets back to some version of normal, especially in the, you know, exhibitor realm, um, I would be very curious to see, you know, if, if, if a lot of this holds, I know they're very specific about saying 2021 and, and not so much beyond, but I, you know, things can change. And I, I just would, I'd be very curious to see if, if, if the retention for the activations for HBO max or something like that, don't continue to rise through the year and theaters mm-hmm. go back to normal, you know, and you have some of these bigger ones at the end of the year, um, you know, like matrix, like Dune, um, even like Malignant, you know, that's these horror movies make mo- make money in theaters. Mm. And, you know, if they're not seeing the subscriber base go up because of this initiative, I'd be very curious to see if some of these movies that are on this slate, not all, but if some of them disappear and really go back to a, a traditional theatrical window. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So it'll be cool to watch that and see what happens. But for yeah, now, absolutely. for now, we are looking forward to watching all of them. In our house, at least, maybe on the theater yeah. screen. I don't know. We'll, right. yeah. we'll, we'll see. It's a cool slate. Uh, yes, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's impressive. It, they're they're really one of two of the major studios putting movies out in theaters right now. So mm-hmm. the criticism yeah. that they get for you know putting them on HBO Max day and date, they still can claim like us in Universal, like we're still putting movies in theaters. So yeah, you know yeah. they're still there. It's not. It's not the. It's a. It's a market issue. You know, like you know, there's a pandemic. Yeah. You know, but they're giving people the option, but they're yeah. you know meeting demand by putting them in. You know, in your homes as well. But we'll yeah. see. Um. So that that's probably as a person wrap. with a home, I like the at home model. I just want to say, oh, absolutely, for sure, there. for sure. And as you build up, as you build up a nicer way to watch it at home too. You know, as you have the means to do that, like you really start to vibe with the way you can watch it at home. Like, you know what I mean? Like building out where you watch a movie with a certain quality TV or surround sound or stuff like that. Um, especially if you're very annoyed by people in movie theaters disrespecting the theatrical experience, you're just like, eh, maybe I'll stay yeah. home and watch this shit. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, oh, cool. Okay. Well, so but we all can't a, wait. I mean, we all know that we can't wait for that first experience oh, back at a, a big giant movie. Like, you know, it's like, and I you, think that's why go, I don't feel you'll bad. You'll go. Uh, that's why I don't feel bad extolling the at-home option is because I know I'll be back. I mean, I know that I'm excited for that, but I also am not in any hurry to do it before it seems like the right time to do it. So yeah, I feel that way about live shows, too. I was just thinking, like, when I'm next at a concert, 
the way that you normally have that you're looking at the people to your left and your right and you have those moments of like it's so awesome to be here you know whenever that happens again if it ever happens again it's going to be that times 10 you know what i mean you're going to have that moment of like i can't this is so fucking awesome oh my god they're playing this <laughs> yeah. song this is right great. yeah like it's yeah i mean and, and who knows yeah i wonder i wonder when honestly that could be years before i'm in that sort of environment again but I feel like movies will be sooner. Just because I can imagine a movie scenario where you go in, you're sitting far away, you've got a mask. I mean, I can just imagine, I can picture a socially distanced movie theater and it, I could see it functioning at least as well as like the grocery store. The only difference is you're sitting in it for hours. And so I guess yeah. then your exposure goes up. So we're supposed to be wearing two or three masks now, right? Isn't that what I'm hearing? <laughs> They're saying a cloth and then something. Yeah, it's, mm, it's getting weird. Yeah. I'm not going to complain, but I, I will say no. I've never I've never been comfortable wearing one, and the idea of wearing two makes me even less comfortable in my head. But I'm willing to do it. I'll do it if right. that's yeah. what it means to make other people for at the, the post office feel comfortable. Then that's that's what I'll do. But uh, yeah, I'm not ready for like just in case your head like a mummy. <laughs> if gonna... Yeah, yeah, it's it's starting to feel like that. But I'm I'm ready. Yeah, I no, got, we gotta I got do my, it. The, we gotta do I it. Got my layers. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, so that wraps up the HBO Max conversation. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to throw out that you had seen over the last week uh, you wanted to mention before we wrap this up? Nothing that can't uh, wait till next week. What's happening next week? Oh, nothing, you know, nothing we that can't wait till next. Oh, week. Oh, nothing can. Oh, yes. I think at some point in the future, now that now that uh, Wandavision's a couple episodes out, we should talk about. The beginning until what's happening now. I would love to discuss that. Okay. I'm, I'm really enjoying WandaVision. I was going to say that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same no, here. definitely. Same here. Same Maybe here. next time we'll we'll devote a little bit, of, like another little segment, to catching up on the. Yes. We'll be through the fourth episode. I have a feeling um, that after the fourth episode, there'll be a lot more to talk about. Yes. At least absolutely. that midpoint, you got to expect that the storyline yeah. is gonna it's gonna expand what what it's what it's showing you a little bit. Yeah. This this yeah. last yeah. week already did some of that, so. Um, no, it's it's been really fun to see that unfold. And I like that they're having like a, a buzz moment. I don't know. It's been cool to see that they've been able to maintain that that kind of mystery factor with with that show yeah. as it comes out. I uh, I had one movie I wanted to mention real quick that I, I watched. I, th I think I forgot to mention it last week, but um, sure. It's on PVOD now or, you know, it's on demand in most outlets right now. But super under the radar no one is like knows what this movie is when i mention it I'm, i think ronald you've heard of it but it's called the kid detective mm -hmm. how is it have either of you seen this movie no no, I, no. I i saw it i i you know I, i'm in possession of it but i have not watched the movie yet how is it i loved it i will say it's one of the best movies of the year uh it will definitely be on my list if we talk a list next really week. Like this is one of those things where like I don't know and like I knew a little bit about it. I'd seen it on a couple, you know, people posting about it on Twitter here and there. Um, you know, uh, Adam Brody was on a podcast talking about it, um, and that's kind of where it got on my radar to begin with. But mm. um, basically, the, the the selling is like if you remember Encyclopedia Brown, like we're of a certain age where you probably have heard of Encyclopedia Brown. Like mm -hmm. think of Encyclopedia Brown grew up and was still solving the same kind of cases. <laughs> and then a real one came along and he had to solve a murder. Like that's the story. <laughs> and it gets into some dark shit. It's very funny. It's really well made. The, I can't wait to see what this director does next. And Brody is great in it. Um, I really love this movie so much. Like it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Like not, not wow. trying to like oversell it to you guys, but I really want you guys to check it out because I feel like you both love it. And uh, okay. no, it yeah, looks absolutely. it looks funny. It it, it sounds a lot like Dicktown, the the yeah, John Hodgman show Dicktown, like Dick which is like the whole whole concept of that is he was an Encyclopedia mm -hmm. Brown style detective as a kid, and now he's a grown up and he's still doing shitty little cases like that. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, it's, it, yeah. I remember you guys that, mentioned that a few episodes. But I mean, like back, it's weird like, that the description. This sounds like it turns into more of a murder mystery, and Dicktown kind of it refuses does. each time to really go that far. Yeah. But I do think that there's it's interesting. I'd be curious to know like if. If they both aren't going like, oh shit, because you know the the those are both funny teams, and like this 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 looks like a good yeah. This this sounds really interesting. It, it I'm glad great. you kind of okay. put it on my radar. It was great. So maybe and maybe it'll be on my list next time too. And it kind of and it kind of like kind of bounces in and out of like the kind of absurd you know like idea of like what he is trying to do still as an adult, but then it really mm -hmm. kind of gets into some of the more like you know uh, like the mental game of like 
why someone would be like that as an adult, you know, and like the cases that he dealt with as a kid and mm-hmm. and the case that he's currently dealing with that like kind of kicks it into more of a serious kind of movie at times. Um, but yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Can't recommend it enough. If, if that sounds interesting to anybody listening, uh, you can get it on any of the uh, on-demand, you know, rental or, or to purchase it digitally. But uh, it's called cool. The Kid Detective. Gonna um, check it out. Cool. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you guys uh, want to mention? Yes. Uh, just real quick. Um, there's a mini series, I guess, limited series called Tiger on HBO uh, that covers um, Tiger Woods' life um, from the beginning tiger, of tiger, his. Tiger, uh, tiger, tiger, tiger Woods. It's Tiger Woods, yeah. Tiger, 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 uh, it's, tiger Woods, yeah. <laughs> It's a crazy, crazy, crazy documentary that HBO uh, baby, just, HBO, HBO. So if you have HBO Max, it's worth it, worth uh, checking out. If you don't watch somebody else's, it's really good. It's Has great. Some really cool. It's do- great. I saw it. I saw it too. Screen. Yeah, it's great. Wow. God, man. When when it starts to get to the point where like his dad starts to interfere, yeah, it's heavy. Hard to watch. It's heavy. It's yeah. yeah. It's hard to watch. Worth checking out. Tiger. It's a two parter, right? Is it two parts? Um, uh, I don't know. Or actually, three. I, think I think it's, it's maybe two parts. three, maybe maybe three parts. Um, okay, three I'd have parts. to check it out, not to be sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I watched them together, so I just kind of sat there. But yeah, I think it's two parts. Tiger, Tiger, great. And that, and that just came out like last week or the week yeah. before, right? Yeah, the second part just came out last week. Right, so right. it, it yeah, was so two it, parts. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely two parts. Yeah, so it was like the tenth or the eleventh, and then yeah, last week. Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and each one is an hour about a movie's length. Yeah, it's so like, a, like it's like a documentary film. Yeah, be prepared to watch it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, that's gonna wrap it up. So we did a lot of talking <laughs> about HBO Max and what's to come, and also just yeah. HBO in general. Talking about Tiger. That's on HBO and HBO Max. Um, and again, Kid Detective, if that sounded interesting, is on whatever over, um, whichever on demand service you might, Fandango, Apple, iTunes, whatever. Um, and next week, we'll get back together. We'll talk a little about WandaVision because we'll be four episodes in, like John was saying. And yeah, maybe we can go through some of our favorite movies of the year. I'm going to have a lot of trouble with it. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, cause I'm, I'm, I kind of think that, tr- that'll be the point of the segment. I'm having trouble to look back, you know? even catching up with things I didn't see yet that were legitimately yeah. in 2020. Yeah, um, right. let alone ones that are still coming out that are eligible for Oscars this year. So, um, we'll we'll see what we can accomplish, or I'll see what I can kind of okay. accomplish. Yeah, I feel like even that's a topic. I feel like even because normally that's like what we're leading up to all year. And this time, when you were like, "Are we going to do that?" and we were like, "Yeah, we guess so." And then we didn't last week when we can't when we came back because yeah. there were certain things I hadn't watched, and I know like. I was kind of thinking, well, the Oscar consideration period is not over yet. But then I was thinking, like, I wonder if that's kind of the the real subject. That's the real headline this year is just what if what a fucking weird year it was. So maybe that will be what we'll talk about. But I do think, yeah, it'll be a good chance to list some of these things and, you know, maybe do we'll find a little inventory of 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 how the year looked to us. But, yeah. okay, very strange, very strange. Twenty twenty was. Does anyone remember why I'm kind of I'm kind of fuzzy on it, but I feel like I feel like it was a weird year. Man, it was a bunch of stuff. I, I know it was, but I can't seem to remember any of it. Anyway, well, great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again? No, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was just going to say yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody for <laughs> listening, man. I know it's weird, but like we're in 2021 already. It's like, thank you for listening, yeah. everybody. It's, it's just really, thank you for holding on. Thanks for telling us you know reaching out to us letting us know what you like and we're, we're trying to expand we're putting more stuff online and yeah as opposed to offline we are selling shirts on the corner yeah we selling used to, cds if you, if you want we used to uh, be contracting and taking things offline constantly yeah, now we're, we're expanding like, we got things we're, we got the hoodies coming out and we're going to only sell the hoodies in person <laughs> not on the internet <laughs> We're strictly we're going, we're going door to door with our with our merch. <laughs> Just send me your address. Um, it works. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, you can find the podcast on any of the podcast platforms out there: Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify. It's everywhere. Uh, or you can go to pod link slash movie schmovie. That's a landing page that we we have set up now that kind of lets you kind of pick where you want to listen to the podcast, and you can listen to the whole. Cat- catalog of episodes that we have again that's pod.link slash movie schmovie 
Um, and it's just an easier spot just to go to to find everything. Um, if you listen to this on Facebook, please comment. Let us know what you think of the movies that we picked from HBO Max's upcoming slate. Maybe one that you are more looking forward to than, you know, obviously, if we didn't pick it, tell us about it. Um, and if you're subscribed, just leave a review or a rating. We'd really appreciate yeah, please. it. Please. Um, I mean, please. I, yeah, but we'll say it every time. And um, doesn't really seem to do a whole lot, but we're going to just mm-hmm. keep saying it. Yeah. Um, just, even it's even easy when too. we it's have easy expressed too. our irritation, you know? <laughs> yeah. People still don't. No one is intimidated. No one is encouraged. Mm-hmm. It's just like, eh, whatever. But, <laughs> but they seemed, they seemed irritated the, before. Why should I do it? You know, I'm, who cares? Just to put it out into the world again. Um, yeah. yeah. Eventually, someone, someone will do it. One person will do it. I'm confident. Yes. Um, the one true review will be written. One true review. <laughs> A review to end all reviews. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Good. Good seeing you guys. And uh, yes. as always, Absolutely. you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.